Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me Bessie mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Boo. How's it going? How are yeah. you going? Is that what I'm going? Is? I don't know, mate. <laughs> I don't know, mate. Never been down under, but uh, it goes good. How about you? <laughs> it goes good. Uh, yeah, same. All right. <laughs> God, I'm trying to think about my life. It's uh, it's 11 a.m. Everyone, which I don't know about uh, the rest of you folk, but I tend to reach cognitive function at around 4 p.m. Mm. Full cognitive function for me. Yeah, I'm in. I'd, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay, good. How's oh dear, my week has been nice so far i've been eating yeah. a bit i've eaten loads of cake this week have you that's weird i know uh i had some cake on tuesday uh-huh. and then i had my lunch and then someone else had brought cake so i had some more cake so i had cake lunch cake and then yesterday i went to this pride bake sale and had <gasps> cake 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 and then i had i actually had breakfast yesterday what's going on i never eat breakfast so I had breakfast, cake, 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 and then I had dinner and then cake. <laughs> so you know how a few weeks ago we had fish, 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 fish. Yeah. Fish, 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 fish. Do you think if you mapped out the last few weeks of your life, you've gone through a whole, men- like a whole, you know how you'd have like a fish course, a starter, a fish course, a main, and you're on to the dessert week? Yeah, exactly that. Just yeah. fishy fish, cake, cake, fish, cake, fish. Fish cakes? I love fish cakes. <laughs> fish and a rice cake. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You know what? That's a that's a quintessentially British thing. There was once this guy who was on some reality TV show. And I mean, how do you even explain it? You try. He was training for a competition, wasn't he? He was training for like a, um, um, uh, what are they called? Posing building. Muscly bodybuilding competition I think that's what it was anyway maybe he was just trying to get mega fit and they asked him what his diet was and he went through every single meal that he ate which was about six meals and every single meal was either fish a rice cake or fish and a rice cake <laughs> he'd be like so I wake up at nine and I have uh, fish and a rice cake <laughs> and, then at, and then at 10 I'll have uh, fish and then at 11 I'll have fish and a rice cake <laughs> he you went know. through the whole day and the, the best part is that he hesitates before every single one like it's about to it might change this yeah, fourth, yeah it might be different but then he'll go fish and a rice cake <laughs> did you see that he went on first dates did he did he eat fish and a rice cake on the first date? yeah well he, he spoke about how he's fish and a rice cake boy and then i actually also saw an interview you know like vice it wouldn't have been vice but you know those th- those like things uh-huh. and he did an interview about like the the impact of that of being a viral sensation it was him and it was the one who was at the football match that oh I can't remember not a good story but yeah he, he talks all about like oh god that's how I became famous and I, I think he's great 
Yeah, me too. I love me fish too. and a rice cake boy. <laughs> How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. I was at the Edinburgh Pride March on Saturday. Oh, gorgie. Uh, which was fabulous. It was really sunny, which never happens here. Proving my long disputed theory that God does love gays. Mm-hmm. And I had made plans for the evening to go out, but woke up the next morning um, and had taken myself home at a reasonable hour. So oh, I haven't quite you. made it out. And, um, and then what else did I do? Some more mouse killing, but I'm sick of talking about my mm. flat and pests. Bloody hell. Um, so I won't go into that, but it was incredibly traumatic. Mm. And then I've just been work, 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 working. That's right. Me, I've been work, 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 working. Working a bit because I went there. Uh, oh, you went down. I went down the Iggy Azalea route then. Oh, I went down the Rihanna route. She uh, there's so many songs about working. Working nine to five. You know how Work From Home by Fifth Harmony was a massive hit? Do you think if they'd have released it the day that COVID happened, that would have uh, been the biggest song of all time? Yeah, it would have been the lockdown anthem. And considering we're, we're not te- we're not in any lockdowns, are we? Not personally, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to... Maybe somewhere, somewhere people yeah. are. Uh, yeah, but I was working at the open day on Saturday. That's what it was. Open day Saturday. So I've just worked lots, 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 lots. But it was nice. I love the open day. I love talking to parents because parents love me yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm very I'm a, much a mum a mummy boy yeah parents parents love me as well because we're just the right amount of cheeky cheeky and we're very naughty. agreeable very agreeable and we hug, naughty, naughty. We hug a lot yeah so, i love yeah, i love great. listening to a mum i feel like mums are chronically under listened to oh, and fab. i love listening to a mum just giving her that good old ear to listen yeah i just love mums um <laughs> And yeah, it's it's London Pride on Saturday. Pride in London, should I say? And so I'm going to see Adele tomorrow. Hello, it's Adele. What does she sing that has work in it? Uh, <laughs> just, is there a famous song that has work in it? No. We could just add it in to some of our work. famous songs. It's me <laughs> from my homework. <laughs> 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 the thing about it is, I do, I really enjoy Adele. I think she's very good. But, well, maybe not but. What's the vibe going to be like? It's in Hyde Park. She doesn't have any up-tempo songs, does she? The only one that's sort of a little bit is I'm a But I can't, I can't twerk to that. No, that's true. Well, yeah. listen, actually, you can twerk to any song if you put your mind to it. That's true. That's true. What's that? What's my favourite? Anything's a dildo if you... Oh, what is it? Oh, oh I ruined it. Anything's a dildo if you work hard enough. No, that sounds absolutely If awful. you're brave enough. If you're brave enough. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Pride in London. But I'm going to see Fran Leibowitz on Saturday night. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, we'll book, that was one of our lockdown purchases. It was about two years ago. I'm at the height of lockdown. I'm like, let's book loads of exciting things. So we booked Fran Leibowitz and we're like, this is going to come around really quick. And it has. And But now it's like, we're going to Pride and then that. And oh. she's not going to suffer drunk and gays in the audience being loud. No, she so we're is have not. To really... You have to check yourself. I'm going to check myself before I wreck myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I've definitely, now that I'm 30, I feel much prouder of saying things like, I'm not asked about 
being in a street that takes half an hour to walk down. I, my whole 20s, I fought and fought to be the person who wanted to do that. You know what? The person who wanted to go to festivals. Uh-huh. I never wanted to go to a festival. I never will go to a festival. These are like overnight ones. I don't care when people enjoy festivals and people tell me it's the best experience you'll ever have. I don't care. In my 20s, I felt embarrassed of that. 30s, yeah. not asked. Do I fuck want to wipe me ass with leaves? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I couldn't agree more, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I like prides, but London Pride is fucking minging. It's disastrous. Yeah. It's too many people. You can't get anywhere. You can't get in a bar. You can't mm-hmm. have a wee. So what we're going to mm-hmm. do is, but the thing is, Anthony's like the complete opposite. He lives for all that shit. So yeah. I'm, we're going to have to compromise. So my compromise, I think, is sitting in a patch of grass near the people. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Near a portaloo, maybe. Yeah. And then going to Fran Leibowitz. At least I've got the excuse that I can't get trashed because I'm going to Fran Leibowitz. Oh, God. Yeah, so that's my situation. It's hard yeah. life, Paul. Oh, bless us. I'm going to a cowboy party this weekend. Oh, what the fuck? Is it a real cowboy? Uh, Is that a real thing? No, I'm going, like, it's a theme. Right, so it's not that you're going to a real cowboys party? No. No. Why are they called cowboys? Because they herd cows. Do they? On on heese, yeah. On heese. Meese as well? (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. Meese, I'll tell you something. (sighs) The meese got it this week. Um, I meant a moose. I was talking about mice. (laughs) They've already got a collective. Yeah, mice. uh, Plural. Uh yeah, cowboy party on Saturday, going home tonight, gonna get drunk and chat loads of shit. Fabulous. Speaking of chatting loads of shit, should, should we talk we about the mood? Should we talk about the book? Right, it's your week. What we're it what we're reading, is, what we're drinking. We are reading Drive Your Plow 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 over the bones, bones, bones of the dead, dead, dead. Drive your plow over the bones of the dead. By Olga Tokajuk and translated by Antonia Lloyd-Jones and we're drinking what are we drinking for? Well you told us to get a Polish drink this week. Yeah. Uh, obviously it's 11am so as much as I want to spike it with vodka I can't. Although to be fair I'm actually all I'm doing this afternoon is going to a celebration event for a charity that we work oh, well, with. It's so, But I don't think I can turn up mortal. I'm still in a work capacity. I think they're serving drinks at 4pm so I look forward to okay. it then. But so I, I, you said something like orange like yeah orange jade sort of thing couldn't find that in my polish aisle but i did find these polish drinks right so this it's called timbark and okay. it's a it's a polish fruit juice it was 55p which i think is so good and it's like a proper it's a 250 ml bottle so i got an apple and watermelon <gasps> that looks delicious an apple and kiwi right Gorgy. So, what I'm going to do Duh. is. What drink... is that top? What is the opening? That looks it's so It's a gorgeous wrinkle. <gasps> Stop it. I know. So, I'm going to try them both separately. Then, I'm yep. going to put them in my glass together and I'm going to tell you what I think about each. I'm going to rate each out of 10, okay? So, okay. this is Tim Bark Apple Watermelon Drink. Oh, oh, God, I can't get it off. <laughs> oh, fuck, I really can't. Hang on, right. One more. T- it hurts my fingers. Ow. Right, ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Oh, the ring pull came off. Oh, no. no. Right. Maybe it's more of a peel mechanism. Right. Burp, I've got to get a, a bottle opener. Oh, it's just me and you, listeners. What shall I tell you about? Yesterday at work, there was a human poo on the floor. 
What are you whittering on about? None of your bees. Oh, you won't hear it because I edit this part. Oh, man. Saying that yesterday at work, I found a human poo on the floor. Oh, Sarah, I'm just about to have my tin bark. <laughs> um, so maybe this is why it's 55p. The ring pull just came straight off. And look, at this is the only... Uh, like that <laughs> it's a massive cock. Right. So I got that from my neighbours. When we moved into the house in Bow, hmm. the flat, so it's like a big downstairs neighbours. Yeah. So oh, I can't even get off with this, man. So there were, had, there were three floors. And when we moved in, there was uh, two gays on the top floor, us gays in the middle floor, and them gays on the bottom floor. <laughs> big gay sandwich. Yeah. But anyway, when the bottom gays, lol, went on holiday, <laughs> what, they brought us back a big cock. Oh, because you looked it. after their pussy. We looked after their puss. So they got us a cock. Yeah. Right. So this is apple watermelon. Oh, <laughs> whoa! Your eyes just blew up. I'm sorry, but that's a ten. A ten, right? Now I'm gonna do apple and kiwi. Let's try the ring pull again. I'll be a bit more gentil. Oh, you're exactly right. It worked perfect. Peel back. Everything you say sounds phallic now, right? Oh, that's awful. I know that is minging actually. And also, um, international fans might be less, um, <laughs> less familiar with the peel back. <laughs> Because we're quite an uncircumcised nation. Oh. Right. Um, so the first taste of the apple and kiwi was more of like about down on the six and a half. But oh. it's delicious as well. Wow. Go Poland. <laughs> so now I'm going to mix them. <laughs> 55p though. A, a can of Coke's getting towards a pound these days. I know. I know. Oh, it's not got a very nice colour. Oh. It's like bright green and bright pink mixed together equals sort of grey peach now. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. You know what? You know what's missing is vodka. Vodka. Oh, well, there you go for pride. Now you sorted. You've sorted out your prees. Yeah, I'm gonna have tin barks. Okay. Anyway, that's my drink over. Right. What are you drinking? Fucking nothing. Classic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I completely forgot. I've been working. Stop poking me with your penis. <laughs> um, I've been working too hard and too long, so deal with it. I've got some aqua. They well, they have a, they have water in Poland, don't they? Mm, don't they say it's vodka? Was that Russia? Anyway, the book is about a woman who lives on her own in what I imagined to be like a little, like log house kind of cabin vibe. Mm-hmm. There are only two other houses that are occupied in the immediate vicinity and she lives in a place called like the plateau which i imagine to be a little flat rocky formation above sort of a forest um and basically she is this old eccentric woman and of spate is that the right word of deaths occur oh a a spate a spate of deaths yeah let's go with that okay If I'm wrong, no one fucking tell me. A spate of deaths occur and she becomes obsessed with finding out the truth behind them because she believes that um, they were murders. And it's kind of thrillery. It's kind of comedy. It's a little genre bending. Oh, she's like an animal activist, Mm -hmm. um, astrologer, astrologer. Just, just this woman figuring out these murders and going about her life in this little Polish town. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, that's it. What did you think, Paul? <laughs> I really enjoyed the book. So it was a recommendation from this man at the bookshop. And he was like, he was bumming it, wasn't he? He was really into it. And I didn't really know what to expect. I thought the title was sounded depressing as F. Turns out it's a William Blake quote. And it's not what I expected. The, t- the initial tone of it was not what I expected at all. Mm. This is an eccentric woman in, I would guess, like late 60s or something she yeah uh sees the world in a different way to most she's sort of been forced into retirement and she's not very happy about it she was uh she used to build bridges and then she was a school teacher and now she's sort of retired she was also an athlete yeah so we find out towards the end which particular sport it was which is actually quite intrinsic to the plot in the end um she reminded me of my mom a lot at the beginning she eccentric single lady yeah there's a there's a there's a line where she can't keep her house tidy and I was like is this just, it's just my mom and I really appreciated that I love I guess the only other eccentric older woman character we've read is like Richard Osman's characters yeah um but I I warmed to her I liked her sort of disregard for authority in certain ways mm-hmm. it's funny because I was sort of being tongue-in-cheek at the end of last episode when I said I can't stand it when people like animals more than humans. This book told me off, told me off for that. It really fucking did, didn't really it? Really did, and I did feel sort of a bit sh- a bit ashamed. Uh, and also she's, she's mega into the stars and astrology, which I am not. I think astrology is hilarious. Uh, but I didn't even mind that she did that. I think it was making a, probably making some sort of political point and animal activism. I I wasn't gripped. It wasn't the kind of book where I was like, I need to read the next bit, but I I really enjoyed the style of it. It was kind of, again, under an unreliable narrator style. It's in first mm-hmm. person. And I might be completely wrong about this, but I don't know if I've read many, like, high, like, literary... Nobel Laureate, you were absolutely right. You don't win it for a book. You win it for your career. And she did win it in 2018 or something. First person old biddies don't know if I've ever read that in a Nobel laureate before oh sidebar oh I'm ashamed as well I did not know that Kazuo Ishiguro is British mm-hmm. I just thought he was Japanese I know he is Japanese British but like he grew up in Britain and yeah English is his first language so I didn't know that so okay. I needed to check myself um just I'm only saying that because he won the Nobel laureate as well yes uh, it, it it had me. It had me. The end. Did it, it? Did it have you? It got me. Yeah, it did get me. Oh man, um, you well, are led so easily astray. Well, I mean, I think. Remember, I don't try and guess. Yeah, it, yeah. Because it would ruin it for me. And I think you'll be in the minority. Not because it. In fact, well, we'll hear what you've got to say. But it would be mm-hmm. a shit book if you guessed that. I I think. Oh, but would really? it? I don't know. No. Um, so overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I've been thinking about it because it, it caused political uproar in Poland. That's what it says. So <laughs> Polish officials, Polish people in power, I am looking at you. If you're going to cause uproar about this pretty cosy, I mean, it's not as cosy as the fucking Thursday Murder Club, but it's not that bad no if this is going to cause political uproar you need to sort out your politics my 
god we have more things to worry about than people who really care about animals and who maybe just aren't completely subservient to pretty corrupt authority yeah Yeah. so geez it really really did this bloody book is causing political like outrage yeah fucking hell get a life but is that maybe shagging in it it's only one bit shagging which i liked oh my god yeah me too that really came out of the way didn't it yeah she basically was like, so I'm going to shag him, but I'm not going to fucking tell you about it. So fuck off yeah. while I shag him and then come it's back. It's not like she doesn't tell She doesn't tell us because she's a prude. She doesn't tell us no. because she's not asked. She's just yeah, like, well, I'm, like, I'm not really the type that gets bothered about stuff like that. So I'm not going to bother you with it. Yeah. If I could be asked to find that line, I would. But it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's going back to what you were saying about the politics being obviously fucks if this is what causes political uproar. Maybe it's actually a political utopia and that's all they've got to be asked about. Poland, yeah, famously. <laughs> yeah, it's a political utopia, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. We all want to be a bit more like Poland. Well, in the light of what's been going on in America in recent weeks, mm. I'd take some animal activism causing uproar than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think, Sazzy Wazzy? Well, first of all, Paul, I just want to give a shout out to Antonia Lloyd Jones because. I wondered how, I I can't remember, I don't know off the top of my head how many translated texts I've read, but I'll be honest with you, listeners, it's not a lot. This is the other thing. I thought Casual was probably translated. Did you know? This Uh, is what I mean. This is why I'm thick as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Basically racial profiling. I've racial profiled Casual Ishiguro. Based on the name? Based on the name. I'm like, he must be Japanese. This must be translated. Yeah. Anyway. Right. I'm learning my lesson. I'm calling myself out, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the translation I thought was amazing. I feel like I obviously can't and won't read the Polish original, but I imagine that she's captured the voice of this woman incredibly well because it was it was on point from the beginning. I got who this woman was within the first page of this book, mm-hmm. and I was like, I am in. Mm-hmm. She's a bit eccentric it does say in the blurb that it's it challenges um or it offers thought-provoking ideas on our perceptions of madness and it definitely did that and the translation didn't lose any of that the commitment to those thought-provoking ideas because it could and I mean it was it was it was more made more prevalent by the fact that in the book um the woman and her friend Dizzy translate a lot of Blake poetry mm-hmm. um, and they spend a lot of time together which is where the title comes from they spend a lot of time together sort of arguing over what word would work best and I was like I'd never really given translation much thought before this book because I just thought you well yeah you find the word that fits and it that just directly translates but obviously you've got to think about the tone and the rhythm and the voice and the and rhyme the, and the rhyme what the and fuck the, how do you do that I know I know so it's like I think not this book, but a book the, they're called the Books of Jacob, which was the book that won, well, a collection of books that won Tokajuk her the I'm going to say Nike Award, which is the biggest literary award in Poland. Took her seven years to write, and then took an additional seven years to translate. So bloody hell! Yeah, they obviously, and then I think she won the International Man Booker Prize for. Yeah, that she did. Um, I didn't even know there was one. But then what does that mean? Like any book that's not written in English must be, yeah. And I think it is, I think it's maybe a joint award with the author and the translator. 
because the yes. translation is just as much if not more work than yeah. the writing of the book so yeah. shout out to the translator because this shout out to translator you're really quite the translator <laughs> Um, yeah, it was it was really good, and I loved that there were these there were capitalizations on words, which I mean, mainly animals, animals like dog, cat, whatever got um, capitalized. But well, the first letter did, um, but then also random words as well. And and at first I was like, is this just a weird translation thing? And then I was like, oh no, it's the emphasis of what's important in this woman's life, and that's Ooh. how I quickly became came to grasp the type of person that she was, and. I thought my overriding, like, yeah, my overriding feeling when I'm reading when I was reading this book was just that it was hilarious. I mm-hmm. thought she was so funny. Um, it was like a joy to read. I I did really enjoy reading it. I agree that it wasn't necessarily like it wasn't a page turner, yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't slow by any means, and there was no point when I was like, "Are you fucking oh, come on?" Which I think is especially successful given the setting, which is really um really minimal not minimal until she goes into great detail but mm. in terms of the actual place it's very small it's it's pretty much located in one area and with a few little like a few tiny tracks out of it into the town or into a local forest or whatever mm-hmm. um and bleak but, yeah exactly really bleak most of it set but it's set in it spans sort of the length of a year um but it feels like it's winter the whole time Yes. And it feels quite poverty ridden. Like there's not a lot of money going. Like the main shop is a secondhand clothes shop. Mm-hmm. The dentist is an alcoholic who lost his license and practices in the street. Love him uh, though. Oh my God. Yeah. He's hilarious. Such a great character. <laughs> and and that was it. The strength of it was in these characters and this incredible description. Each character, the woman had her own name for because she doesn't believe in first names being given to someone. She thinks that your first name comes after you've sort of established your character and then she gives it to you. Um, and so we've got Bigfoot and Oddball and Good Ch- What was the Good Good News? Good and News. Grey Woman and stuff like that. So again, you get these what seem like quite surface level observations, but then this incredible depth and... All of it, because it's in first person, just harks back to the fact that this woman is incredibly intelligent, but obviously bonkers. Yeah, she doesn't Um, fit in the world that's been created in Poland. No, not one little bit. And yeah, I, I, I really fucking love it. I love it when somebody picks one sort of avenue and just really goes for it and hers was character I think in this and and yeah we didn't necessarily need anything like I wouldn't even say there was obviously it was quite there was there was a plot and there was the element of mystery and kind of thrillery and maybe a little bit horror in some instances but she went off on these huge three four chapter long tangents about things that happened elsewhere or were happening in astrology or Blake poetry or whatever and and was never annoyed about it I was never itching to get back to the plot of figuring out who was killing these people mm. like the plot was was for me nothing more than a Miss Marple which is a good thing like it yeah, was more yeah, of a Miss exactly. Marple sort of narrative than a you know thriller noir like a yeah, yeah 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 it was, and it was yeah it was pretty light-hearted Definitely. in some in some senses she didn't make that the absolute focus of 
what was exactly going on. exactly but then if you take that away there's nothing else apart from these characters yeah. there was there were these kind of weird like um instances of romance which i, don't, I think it must just be the i don't know like internalized misogyny maybe that i have but any mention of a woman finding a man i'm like more 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 more, more, oh, more. yeah inject it but um yeah nothing really driving this book forward <laughs> driving the plow of this book forward than the characters and i thought all of the characters were brilliant and hilarious and her perceptions of them was really funny yeah really funny. um you've just reminded yeah. us what the hell just fell off there you didn't react at all that was quite impressive I uh, choked my phone <laughs> um the bit where she meets I can't remember what character it is but she talks about her wife and she's like I've never really heard about a woman talking about her wife in this way and I like it yeah exactly she should, <laughs> yeah and there was this one line I wish I'd taken a picture of it but it's really funny um her and her neighbor Obbo and then Dizzy and Good News sort of form this little quadruple um around the middle but her and oddball especially who's her next door neighbor and who she discovers the first body with Mm. are um sort of thrust together they're roughly the same age they're very different but they're both quite peculiar people Mm -hmm. and his son is in the oddball is a man and his son is in the police Mm. and they just keep making all of these errors when it comes to these (laughs) these murders and there was this one line when she and it was just it was it was just this it really made me laugh it was like the opening of a chapter and it was like in what would later be described as a childish act by (laughs) um, black co which is what she called the son in the police force um oddball and i went to the scene of the murder (laughs) (laughs) and i just love the idea of these two 60 year olds like both a bit bonkers both yeah what the fuck is going on with the other one like they both judge the other one so harshly but then mm. both of them being like yes we must go to the scene of this murder and investigate yeah. ourselves and then later on the son being like you childish idiots and them just being scolded i, I don't know just you know what it is I, the more i think about it, it it is the nobel prize version of the thursday murder club in lots of ways it is it is <laughs> um, i was thinking that um yeah just high high literature do you know what I love is how she so we've actually forgot to mention the the initial driving force of the plot is that a dogs go missing so she has these two got dogs that she calls her little girls and she goes out to look for them and that's when all of the plot begins um and I just love that she calls her dogs her little girls and she calls the deer her young ladies <laughs> there's loads of deer around wherever they live she calls them the young ladies and I just think that that's hilarious yeah my yeah, girls she, I would love to just have someone like her in my life yeah well th- you know that when I've just said that I've got this memory of I worked at Wimbledon in 2016 and I'm, I've probably mentioned this on the potty before but I was just desperate to work at Wimbledon so I got a job in the cafe in Centre Court and it was an hour and 45 minutes there and back every day and I worked about 14 hours a day for 16 days in a row that's how much I wanted to work there um and anyway I was a bit worried about working in the cafe and centre court because I thought everyone would be a not going to say the c word but imagine the c word right now so basically what happens is it was it was called the the debentures lounge I'd never heard the word debentures and I still don't know what it means it just it just makes me think of dementia dementia Um, yeah. yeah and what happens is you can pay for the same seat in centre court every day for five years so every day of the 
tournament for five years and it costs i don't know 50 grand to 100 grand like ridiculous amounts of money (gasps) and what used to piss me off initially was that barely anyone would be in their seat so that there'd be the you know federal would be playing serena would be playing and they were just in there getting mortal on pims and eating sushi which sounds like the best day ever but it it was just felt a bit like oh come on there's so many people who want to be there anyway and everyone was white and then this fabulous black woman came in she had a glittery cowboy hat cowboy a glittery red cowboy hat she had a huge american flag top on she, she was just head to toe American and I was like whoa I need to talk to you so I was like hi and she was like hello and she had like a deep south accent and I was like oh so um who are you here to see and she's like I travel around to see my girls and I was like who's your girls she's like my girls Venus and Serena and oh my god she called them my girls and then I was oh. there every day and I was like e, how's your girls doing and she was <laughs> like yeah Venus was on mixed doubles and coordinating and she was just absolutely class and ever, and ever since I see them together I think oh it's my girls and just quickly I have to mention this because it happened but this is all I'm doing because yeah every time I think of it it makes me want to cry yeah. yes Serena Williams lost in a third to Tyreek to how many times devastating I don't talk about it Okay. Venus is playing mixed doubles with Jamie Murray. That's my next thing. Oh my god, that's gonna be so exciting. I yeah. did wonder how we were taking that news. I don't know if I should bring it I up. I didn't want I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> is yeah, the answer. No, I, I can respect that. Oh, um, so I wanted to ask you about that. So what did you think about the animal activism stuff? Do you th- and the astrology stuff? Talk to me about those two themes. Okay. I think it was done real because I think if I mean obviously on the blurb it said that she's big fan, big fan of the old animals, but it it's not sold as something that's going to involve astrology or animal rights activism as heavily as it does, mm-hmm. and and I'm, I mean that's a good thing because I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't think I would have bothered reading it if I'd known, and I think it probably only got really, and that maybe this is just me being thick, but it only got sort of to the halfway point before I realised I was like, oh, that there does feel like a tiny bit of an agenda with this, and I also don't know if that's because I googled the author probably around the halfway point, and it seems as though she's got kind of similar, maybe not the astrology, but certainly the animal rights activism, sort of similar views as the main character of this. And I don't, and and so I don't know whether that kind of influenced my opinion as to thinking maybe this is just a bit of, yeah, like um, the, there is a there is a hidden agenda here and maybe this should be changing the way that I think about things. But I didn't view it as that. Like it, mm. it got well into the plot before I began to think of it that way. And actually I didn't see it as, as political. I just saw it as part of this woman's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some parts of the astrology where my eyes were moving, but my brain was not. Yeah. I like think just lots of Pluto in the second house. and I just Saturn. skipped past all that when I knew it. Because I, feel, I felt like it was illustrating a point. To me, the animal mm-hmm. rights thing, yeah, you could tell that she was really believing that as an author. And yeah, I did feel like a naughty, guilty, naughty, guilty, naughty, naughty boy for what I said last week. Because, I mean... I, I, if in the way that it's explained, then yeah, yes. Why are we more important than animals? Mm-hmm. And I guess the other thing to say is that everybody who dies in this book or everybody who is implicated in this spate of murders is a hunter. So it's not 
it's not just like animal rights activism as in we shouldn't eat meat which I'm sh- obviously the character doesn't eat meat and what about the mustard soup I really wanted to make that mustard soup I know that sounded fucking delicious do you think that was a, a weird the recipe so although <laughs> she does give you the recipe but it has milk in it though so there we go you know uh but yeah we're talking about people who kill animals for pleasure and sport and enjoyment and so yeah mm-hmm. so there's that the astrology to me it was a, just a way of illustrating a woman who thinks differently and a woman who doesn't conform and yeah. I think you know maybe in Poland that's that's more of a radical act like I think it's 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 for me it's cliche for American Americans believe in astrology like that seems to be the yes. case in Britain if you surveyed 100 people I reckon 15 of them would believe in astrology in America this is from my experience of watching the Real Housewives so sorry American fans do feel free to correct us but I feel like there's much more astrologists then so maybe in Poland it's it's quite a radical act to not believe in the status quo or to uh, I don't yeah. know but to me yeah. that's what it was illustrating it wasn't that the author prob- I don't know maybe she does believe in astrology but it, it wasn't that it was he is a woman who is not afraid to think differently and this mm-hmm. is this is how she's viewed in society because of it and so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't it didn't feel like she was trying to get me to believe in astrology and in fact yeah. a lot of the time it felt like quite the opposite yeah um, so yeah, it did, all the other it characters are pretty skeptical yeah it didn't it didn't bother yeah that's the other thing there's you get you get the other side of it because a lot of the characters yeah. are like what the fuck shut up about the friggin cosmos or whatever what i will say which is something that i've thought multiple times is when she's explaining why she thinks astrology should be a governing factor or like something that is taught so that people can understand their own fates and mm. everything like that, everything that astrology proposes to teach, was that she was like, people believe like maths and science mm. without real understanding. It's just, you've just been told it. And I've thought this so many times. It's like... Oh God, she's a flat earther. <laughs> no, but I, because I <clears throat> do not have a mathematical or scientific brain i mean it's arguable if i have a brain in the first place but i definitely don't have a scientific mathematical brain so when people tell me about gravity or like numbers i just have to believe them because i'm never ever ever going to do the work to Mm -hmm. prove it but then also i'm like but what does it prove like what what is the proof like if someone's like one plus one is two well yeah but i'm only believing that because you're telling me do you know what i mean i do but i just think that there's you know, I just trust all of the... Well, me too, that's it. And I'm happy doing that. But then her argument is like, but if there were enough people that put in the same amount of work into astrology, then that's the same level of proof. Like, <clears throat> there I are guess, these... but yeah. I suppose the argument is that there isn't. And the reason that there isn't is because it's a dead end. Yeah. So like that it hasn't been... St- I mean, I guess it has been studied for all this time, but, you know... Yeah, but I was just like, yeah, yeah, I just, I'm more than happy going with the status quo on this. Uh-huh. And and, and it was interesting because you were on her side the whole time that yeah. you were on the side of the, astro- I was much more on the side of the astrologist than I was on the side of the police, on the yeah. side of the people who judged her for being who she was. Um, so I, that was, that was, I think I said interesting and now I'm about to say clever. That was clever. Yeah. My final point, and it was just to go back to what you were saying earlier is the yes i figured it out you're clever yeah thank you that's what i was waiting for (laughs) and no it didn't ruin the book 
Okay. Yeah, when I said that, I, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine it because I didn't figure it out. And now I'm trying to imagine that I did figure out now that I know what the answer is. So I'll never know. But I'm glad like, to hear that it didn't ruin the book. In fact, I was quite excited about it. And I was like, I wonder how this is all going to unravel. And it unravel it did. Yeah. So recommendation? Yeah, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I want my mom to read this. Mom, I know you listen to this because you tell me things like weird things that you've heard from the podcast that <laughs> just drop them in a conversation. Uh, yeah, I think you should read it because you're bonkers. Oh, I love you. And I mean that in the kindest way. Mom, Brilliant. Don't you read it, you won't like it. Um... <laughs> okay, bye, Olga. Bye, Poland. Thank you for your. Uh, export of apple watermelon and apple kiwi oh they're both apple Dimbark. and bye Antonia oh thanks Antonia love you love you both do you know what I've been thinking about what what do you remember Paolo Nutini yeah Scottish yeah that was it just that he's Scottish well I've got my friend Anna didn't realize he was Scottish, and then well, I'll tell you why because he's called Paolo Nutini, and also he was made famous for wearing a fedora hat. You can't, that's that, so that, that is identity fraud, exactly. But also, he's basically sang in a Scottish accent. <laughs> and and I, I remember I pissed myself being like, How did I not notice that before? But yeah, it's my same as my Kazuo Ishiguro. You know yeah. what I had a thought of yesterday Ooh, was because I think. A lot of people in my generation get nostalgic about the indie era, like the the. I guess Paolo Nutini, he was more on the pop end of it, but he was definitely uh-huh. there, like uh-huh. Franz Ferdinand and and yeah. Kaiser Chiefs and Libertines and blah 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 blah. How fucking white was that? Is that not the uh-huh. whitest thing mm-hmm. that's ever happened? Yeah. Not not that I'm making a value judgment on that, but my privilege I've never thought about like that is the whitest music genre the whitest mm-hmm. people and they had this skinny res- white men skinny, skinny white quite like flaccid Probably. men and they they had a huge moment for a good few years it wasn't yeah it, they had the UK in a chokehold yeah but when you think about it it wasn't for very long it, it was no it was it was a, a few years and I think a lot of other genres are kind of always they're like omnipresent but they they have different highs and lows but yeah i just was thinking fucking me that was a load of white men with hideous hair i don't yeah. know if that's a problem or but I, I'm, an observation. I'm, all, observation I'm 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 quite happy not to go back to that i think yeah yeah they really um i saw a tiktok of a guy doing every instruction of that kind of band just him doing impressions of it and it'd be like the mancunian ones the sheffield ones the london one and it was just like hi yeah yeah we're uh left arm and here's our here's our newest song from the latest album when i stubbed my toe (laughs) and i'm sorry this is an this is a fact not an observation Uh they did all sound the same they did oh it'd just be like you're right, uh, we're the new... Uh... It's like this drowsy but just like regional accent. From yeah. I've read a story how she saw like a... I think it must have been somebody trying to be in an indie band, like trying to become the next Libertines or whatever. And he was like, this one goes out to everyone whose uh, parents have ever got a divorce. 
It's like, what? <laughs> the more than 50% of the room. <laughs> oh, geez, you've really hit a niche market there. We How used to have... <laughs> yeah, we used to have in Whitley Beer, where we used to go out on Thursday, Thursday. And oh my God, anyone from school listening, you will remember how fantastic Thursday was. It was, it was, will never be achieved again in any part of the world. And it's all just gone now. But there used to be this, this bar that was two bars. One was called Pier 39 and one was called Breeze. So it was Pier and Breeze. And you were either really, you were either, you were either a Pier boy or a, pre, or a Breeze boy. You That's could like go from rockers. one to the other. But they played completely different types of music. Um, and then you would go to the club. I don't know why this was such a thing in Shitty Bay, but they had the club was Jimmy's and Deep. So you would be in Jimmy's, then you go through the door and it, you'd be in Deep. And Deep was like dance club music and Jimmy's was was indie music. Indie. And yeah, I always wondered how the sound didn't spill between the two of them. I swear it was only a door. Egg boxes on the walls. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was just, a re- I just loved how they were like, right, who should we aim this bar at? Uh, all right, just everybody. So what everybody. we'll do is we'll just do like this room will be this and this. Will be. It was. Yeah, oh. that was like a warehouse and a nightclub that I have fondly recounted on this podcast before. Three yeah. floor, heavy metal on the top floor, indie on the middle floor. And like, I don't even remember what's on the bottom floor, but possibly pop. I was not. I was pop, 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 pop. I was scared of the indie folk for a while. I really tried my hardest to be into indie music. Yeah, I liked some of it. I just didn't like people's fringes. Yeah, no. Well, I had one of them. So more on. Well, the girls' ones were funny. It was basically a comb over. Yeah, a fucking comb over. Yeah, isn't it weird now? Because the the kids. The kids of today look like beautiful drag queens. Yeah, I know. I know. So it's a... If you have a side parting, let alone a comb over, you're cast out from society. Yeah. Middle parting or nout. Yeah. Is it, can you, how easy is it to change your parting? This easy. Is that, is that literally all you have to do? You just. Yeah, but then some people have a cowlick. Oh, do you like that? That's happened to my hair there. It's got a uh, Some people have a cowlick, so it's like one side will go. But... Right. What was the meme? There was cowlick. Was there a cowlick mentioned in this book? Have I made that up? Maybe. Just like it, cows. Yeah, that it comes from like an old wives' tale where a cow would come into children's room at night and literally just lick the head. I think that's, um, yeah. It probably comes from Uranus and. and... Uh, yeah did you see that have you seen that meme or whatever of a man who's posted a picture of a girl with a middle partner and then a side partner and being like she's had some surgery or something like he thinks that she's had surgery because he can't understand how that hair parting's changed <laughs> oh my god yes I have seen it <laughs> yeah 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 it's like they've surgically shifted her parting yeah uh, did you finish Unreal by the way yeah I did listen too to listen to the last uh, well I've listened to it out of order why? Because I just wanted to listen to the Sausage Factory ones. Ah, right, right. I no. don't know how people do that. I don't would. I don't know how someone's brain. My 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 brain would never even have gone there. <laughs> like my brain would never even consider listening to them out of order. Oh, it's just because I want to get to the ones that I care about the most first when I'm doing like important things. Like if I'm walking to work, I'm like, well, I know I want to listen to one that I'm gonna f- care about most now. 
not waste these precious I mean, minutes I, of alone time. I can't fault the logic, but I think my my brain's really regimented. I've realised, and I would, so for example, I mean this might just be really normal, but when I was reading this book mm. yesterday, I had the TV. I was in the bedroom and I had the TV on. I had a tennis match on the TV, and I was facing away from the TV or like perpendicular to the TV with the book. And then I would tell myself how much I was allowed to read before I could turn and look at the score of the tennis. Yeah, no, I think that's, I do stuff like that. And when I read, I'll be like, right, I'm going to read for 25 minutes and I'll read for exactly 25 minutes. And I'm like, why do I give myself these Stop arbitrary... halfway through a sentence. Well, yeah, like these arbitrary things. But I just think mm-hmm. I'm a very scheduled, regimented person. Mm-hmm. That sounds making me sound really boring. Don't worry, babes. We all know you're not. Mm. You, there's nothing you hate more than a schedule when you're pissed. Oh, oh like what? <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to imagine trying to get you into like another bar when we've been in one bar and we're like, no, we're going to this bar now with me and other people, and you just smiling at me, glassy eyed from a dance floor and not moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm having too much fun. <laughs> uh, all right then, shall we talk about next week's back? Yes, please. So, <laughs> so excited. For I this know, me well. too. I've been the most excited for. So this book is sort of keeping in the same vein as the Nobel Prize winner Olga oh. Tokajuk. I think this... it will be shortlisted. Oh, it has been. Have you not heard? So this, I've just realised it kind of has two titles. This is my story, becoming Molly May. Shut up! She's not used becoming becoming fucking michelle obama right anyway sarah i've been thinking about this yeah we need to think before we speak actually no i don't care so this is molly may haig from love island yeah for anyone who's not familiar tommy with with love island for first of all it started as a celebrity show about i don't know 15 years ago and then Mm -hmm. it came back in 2015 as basically they put an equal amount of beautiful men and beautiful women Mm-hmm. in a villa in I don't know Spain some yeah. island and they all have to decide who they want to be with they couple up with each other they inevitably cheat on each other they wear bikinis all day and yeah they're all I, I mean they're all basic basically they're all basic you have to be basic to be on Love Island and it's no I'm not saying that as an insult again it's just a fact you have to be basic you can't be alternative you can't have like I don't know, short hair. Have you ever seen a short a woman with short hair on that? No, you're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. Then. Got to have long hair. You've got to have a banging body in the, you know, standards of the whatever. And Molly May is categorically the poster child for Love Island. She's probably the most yeah. successful Love Island She is, hands woman. down. The most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is, uh, she was about 19 when she went on Love Island and she coupled her. Bombshell, which means they come in after. Oh god, it's, it's hard to explain the format, but I'd recommend given just Google the fights. The fights are the best. Um, so she came in and she coupled up with Tommy Fury, who is a boxer, brother of Tyson Fury, mm-hmm. and they stayed together the whole time. They're still together now. They didn't win the show, which is interesting. I think they got second, mm-hmm. but she was already an influencer when she went into Love Island, and afterwards she gained millions of followers i think she's she's got like seven million followers or something she's a huge influencer she's the creative director of pretty little thing no one knows quite what that means but i'm hoping i'll find out in this book pretty little thing is a much degraded 
fast fashion brand that everyone uses because it's so cheap. And she is still probably only about 22 and she has written a book, which is already a bestseller. It's it's yeah. sold incredibly well. It's a bestseller, but have you seen its ratings? No, but I mean, I reckon they'll be from people who haven't read it. I am going to keep an open mind here. I'm going to read Molly May's wait. book. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm already biased. I'm going to really enjoy it. I know I am. Is it? Right. I'm going to this event after this on the tube. And I'm I'm embarrassed to read it on the tube. That's my problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah. need to own the fact that I'm reading Molly May. But if, you, if you're really, really upset about it, just change out the cover for another hardback cover you've got. Or just take it off and then the screen. But, oh, no, it says become a Molly May on the side. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'd just be so tempted to be like, I'm doing this ironically for a podcast. But then that's my no, problem. Read it. Why you know what? Someone day? someone might take a picture of you and post it, go viral, and then that's it. The podcast takes off. That could be it could be thanks to Molly May and she's an influencer. Exactly. Uh, I might say I might send her a message and say we're reviewing your book on our podcast next week. Would you want to come and do an interview? We've got to keep it cute. We've got to keep this funny, not bullying. I mean, I'm happy to uh, yeah, I would make... never dream of it. No, I know. And and Fucking again, funny. no one's gonna listen to who cares. Yeah, exactly. I mean I'm I'm in awe of this woman and I'm in awe of her lime green satin blazer. I am a fan. Oh, do you know what I am also in awe of? Mm. That we've all got twenty four hours in a day and she just uses hers the most effectively. I know. Well that's we'll we'll definitely we'll get into that. Uh yeah. basically Molly knows exactly how to use your twenty four hours in a day. So if anyone's wondering, we'll be able yeah. to tell you the secrets of success. Next yeah. week. Oh, and what we're drinking? Well, I was I was telling <laughs> Sh- Charlotte about the fact that we're doing Molly May, and I was like, "What can we drink?" I was like, "It's got to be basic. It's got to be like a really basic drink." Mm-hmm. And then I thought, "Sex on the beach." Sex on the beach. And the Love Island is Love much Island. On the beach. So yeah. Sex on the beach, which is object not objectionably that's bad. What objectively? Yeah tasty as fuck it fucking is yeah it's delicious something about that orange and that cranberry mixed together <laughs> creates a potion of nectar it's gorgeous so that's what it is becoming molly may becoming michelle Ob- sorry becoming molly may <laughs> my story and sex can't wait can't wait fabulous all right then i we shall see you next week you know, I was thinking you, you don't. Oh, I'll see you next week, Sarah. But you know, when yeah. you say see you next week to the listeners, and you you won't, and then you, but then you won't hear them either. So what do you say? We will. Uh, you will hear us next week, or just next week. Next week till till next week. Till next week. Hilda Swinton. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>